Good afternoon. I'm Tim Swindle, director of the Lunar and Planetary Laboratory at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today for a conversation about the OSIRIS-REx spacecraft is Heather Enos, who has been working with the mission since the start and will become the deputy principal investigator in October. Heather, thanks for coming in and sharing your work with us. Tim, thank you for having me today. I think the first thing to ask is, did you enjoy the launch? We were both there, and I'm sure had different experiences. The OSIRIS-REx launch was spectacular. That's, the, that's what I would use to describe it. I was on site, and it was flawless. The skies were incredibly clear, blue, and um, the timing was right on target. Uh, we watched it go into space, taking our spacecraft on its way to, to Bennu. You've been to other launches before. How did this compare with those? I have been to several launches, and this one was and is still very special to me. Um, I actually have been working on the project um, since the very inception, which I had the opportunity to actually craft uh, much of the proposal and the mission design and, and guiding principles. So it's really um, like a child to me in many ways. And so watching it take off and going on to its next adventure was very much like sending um, one of my child off to college. And so I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from it to see what, what our next move is. Now, you've come to become the deputy principal investigator in a sort of a different way than a lot of people. You started on the business side. I am an unconventional uh, deputy principal investigator um, in the sense of the word from a science perspective. I actually do have a formal education in business. I have a master's in business. But many years ago, in 1997, when I actually got into planetary science, I was brought in to work on the gamma ray spectrometer for the Odyssey mission. I quickly realized that I had a deep passion for not only the contract portion of it, but to really understand how to implement it, I wanted to learn the engineering and the science uh, behind the investigation we were doing in the Odyssey mission. And I've done that subsequently on every mission I've worked since. Though on OSIRIS-REx, I was originally targeted as the business guru, so to speak. I really am an engineer and science geek, and I've just I've learned so much outside of a textbook that I it's it's really made me truly part of the science team, not just a business person. And one of the things you've had to do in the positions you've been in is talk to both scientists and engineers, and those are actually two different languages, aren't they? One of my major contributions to the project is I have been considered to be the interpreter between science and engineering. And yes, they often speak very different languages and seem to be think they're talking the same language. And also, often on these types of missions, there becomes this um, assumption that it's engineering versus science. And when, when you start to get them to speak the same language, you really help them understand that if you get to maximize the engineering, you actually maximize the science return as well. So I've actually found that to be one of the most fun things that I bring to the table and uh, actually also most intriguing outcomes. So what happens next with OSIRIS-REx? We launched, and the operations team is very much at work as we speak. Um, we're looking at the progress of the spacecraft. We're getting down health status. We're looking at um, the performance of what we call our subsystems to see if our power predicts and profiles were as we expected when we designed the system. So there's a lot of work going down now evaluating the actual data versus predicts and models that were previously performed. So that's a huge part that needs to be performed early on in the cruise so that as we get ready to build what we call our observational sequences to perform our science investigation, um, we, we have the information correct. In addition, the flight dynamics team, they're very busy 
evaluating where we currently are, our trajectory onto Bennu, and we're doing what's called deep space maneuvers in order to do any course uh, corrections that we need. So there's a lot. Of, there's still a lot of work going on, and a, a huge amount of interaction between all of the uh, team members, between Lockheed Martin, our flight dynamics team, our Goddard team, and our U of A uh, science ops team. What's the next milestone? The OSIRIS-REx team right now is working towards the milestone of what's called our instrument checkout. So when we launched, we launched with all of the instruments in a off-power state. So we don't get the opportunity to really make sure that all of the instruments survived launch successfully and are operating in a healthy state until two weeks after launch. So mid to late next next week, we will start to a sequence of turning on each of the science instruments, doing a full checkout to make sure that they survived the launch environment and that they're ready to start their work on our investigation of Bennu. I'm Tim Swindle, director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this has been Arizona Science. You can hear this and other Arizona Science conversations by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.